Hello and welcome to another episode of Fools Daily. I'm stalled on by Joey, who is talking about TNT. This is not a test. Um, another of the post-apocalyptic rule sets that I've been playing and that I will no doubt get yelled at by people going, Mike, Mike, why are you making us buy more rules? Um, well, because they're cool, that's why. So, Joey, we sort of ended um, last episode talking about uh, where your inspirations for the game and stuff and some of the production values in the, the book and things. Um, I was hoping we could talk about how the game actually plays. Um, and I should point out, I haven't actually played a game of this yet. <laughs> I have created a gang, so I have I have gone through that bit, but I haven't actually sat down and, and played yet. So what am I missing out on? Sorry. So let me, let me um, pull you back for a second and talk about the inspiration for the rules. So okay. when, I, when I start describing the game... A friend of mine, and I don't use this in any official advertising or anything because I don't want to get in trouble, but I, ha- I have no problem mentioning it to folks when I'm talking to them. And this is really a conversation, so that's okay. <laughs> yeah, it is. No, there's no one out. There's only you and me here. <laughs> he described it as Fallout meets Necromunda. And I, Your friend is very astute. <laughs> I, I love that association. When I started writing these rules three years ago, I had never really written my own war game. I had never, I, I mean, God knows, I have more rule books stuffed in a bookshelf than you can count. I have played innumerable games, but I never sat down and wrote my own, my own pure rule set. And so when I was looking at my inspiration, my absolute favorite time gaming was when there was two things. That was had to be there. One obviously is the social element. Playing with your friends is the most fun ever. You know, yep. the ga- with good friends and a bad game, you can have a great time. The reverse is the reverse is not true. So the second thing was I just really loved those skirmish war band games like Necromunda, Mordheim. It's it's just that idea. That it's like you're almost like role playing instead of like in, a, in, a, in an RPG where you're role playing one character and moving them up the ranks. You're playing a whole gang of people. That crunch of writing a warband list out, individually giving guys names, giving them assorted weapons based on the models you had, and then running them through their paces was just so much fun. I think I almost had more fun building and campaigning and the before and after the game than the actual game sometimes. Yep. And I think oh, it, I'm with you all the way on this. And a lot of people had that same feeling. And I really wanted to kind of create, I wanted to recreate a game that did that. So, you know, of course I could have just said, well, just let me take the Necromunda rules. This, obviously not for sale and just wrote that and have fun with it. But then I thought Necromunda itself is a great game. And it will always be a great game. But let me see if I can take inspiration from it. But incorporate some of the more, you know, like newer thinking. So, you know, D10s and 10 of D6s. Yeah. Um, I, I tell you, um, the I go, you go system where you move everything and then your opponent moves everything. The older I get, the more I hate it. And it's fine 
for small games, and people still use it where you'll like a lot of games. You'll I move one model, you'll move a model. You move, yep. you know, you go back and forth, and in, in, in that context, it's perfectly fine and actually a fun game. But just ha- starting a game and then having your entire warband blasted before you get to do anything is always like, ah, you know that that ugh, that 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 kind of. I don't know. I just never enjoyed that aspect of the game. So I thought we need, so you need, so I was looking at other game systems before TNT was called, this is not its test. It was called kitchen sink because right. every, no, nothing was off the table. I was just looking at other, me, you know, I was looking for inspiration from other mechanics. What did I like? And I was inspired and people, you know, people make this comparison comparison to, and I had no problem publicly admitting that I was inspired by Ganesha Games. Andrew Sifligoli's game is, it's almost brilliant on how simple it is. You know, you roll, yeah. you roll three, you know, you randomly roll to see how, how you activate. And I just loved that. Now, I, you know, I played those rules too pretty extensively, but they just didn't have enough crunch for me. Yes. Um, Andrea is, um, He's one of my favorite authors at the moment. I yeah. um, do quite a lot with uh, both Fistful of Kung Fu and Gods and Mortals. Yes, yes. And that whole risk-reward activation yes. system so, um, where you don't know what's going to happen is very interesting. But I can see what you're, I can see what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, it, they work very well with the one Superman and loads of mindless right. grunts, but not so well when you've got a group of... Um, people that who you actually all care about so the, the 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 two differences this is not a test has to say like necromunda or other rule sets are i i would say there are two particular rules that people really once they get the hang of they actually really like and there's lots of mechanics in the rule set but i want to talk about two one is the activation system yeah that is a model has a metal stat and the metal stat is almost like your RPG stat of charisma, intelligence, dexterity, all wrapped into one wargaming stat to keep it simple. And for most models, it's a five, which when you're rolling a D10, that is perfectly average. You, yep. So you roll a te- you, you make a, a stat test, which it's called, roll a D10, add your metal to it, and your target number for almost every roll in TNT is 10. If you score those two combined higher than ten, that model you know activates. So when when he passes, you get two actions. That action you can move, shoot, shoot, move, whatever you want. It's all pretty standard wargaming actions. If you pass, you then get to nominate another model and do and repeat this procedure until you fail or move all your models. When you fail, that model only gets one action. He still gets to do something. And I, I've had people say, well, I hate those random activation where if you don't get to do anything. In fact, there was one particular gentle, gentleman who was at one of my demos, and he flat out said, I hate these kind of rule sets. And now I know he's building a warband right now. <laughs> <laughs> because that is least I get to do something. You know, you can either go behind cover or shoot whatever you yep. want. You always get one action. And then once, once you do that action, play passes to the next player. So you'll see um, this dynamic of play passes back and forth very dynamically and keeping people engaged, and they really like it. It, it, it takes some, Sometimes people have to wrap their head around it a little bit because they're used to, you know, 
we're 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 like almost like these omnipresent gods looking over the battlefield. We know where everything is. We know what we, exactly what we want our little dudes to do. But if you put them in your if you put yourself in their shoes, they may not do what you want them to do. There's a lot of things going on. You know, maybe they do hesitate a little bit. So I, you know, I I, I hate. I don't want to get too heavy into, you know, strategic thinking and all that, but it's very, there's a, you know, Clausewitzian thought of friction where, you know, there's things trying to prevent you on the battlefield that you want to do. And you're that, I love that the activation system kind of represents that sometimes just things don't happen the way you want them to, but it's not overly harsh. And that's what kind of what I really wanted to get in the game. Yeah. It makes you think, those sorts of activation systems make you think massively about the order you go. you're going to activate in as well. And there's lots of things, you know, if you don't like that per se, you know, there's skills people can buy. Um, there's leadership skills that give you everyone around you in a certain or certain radius and length, you know, benefit bonuses to this. So you, you know, as your guys get better, or even when you're starting your warband out, you can choose skills for some guys. You can really, you know, alleviate some of that madness some with your choices. Yeah. So, and, and the second, the second, um, my second favorite part of the rule set is is resolving shooting, and I don't know where this rule um, emerged from. I was I, we were playing a game, and people were just we, we 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 so you would shoot and resolve hit shoot resolve hit like pretty standard war gaming. That's you know you shoot move to the next model shoot, and I had a guy playing and his entire war band was wiped out. Right. It was pretty brutal. And he's like, well, that, that, that's not fair. And then he mentioned a rule that set in another game that he had played. And I don't remember what game it was where you don't resolve all the hits until everyone is fired. And so I, we, we started playing it that way and it just so changed the game where, so if you get a hit, so model activates, he shoots, you get a hit, you just put a dice or a marker next to the model that got hit and you immediately move on to the next model. We don't resolve casualties until play passes to the next player or all your models have moved. So what, what, what you kind of happens is you really have to think, okay, do I need to put weight of fire on this one model or do I, you know, spread out my shots and hope I get lucky? And it really, for, it really forces some tactical thinking because, you know, in a firefight, you don't know if everyone's shooting simultaneously. It's yeah. not like, bang, I know you're dead. You know, we're in close combat. I don't do that because if you stab someone in the eye with a knife, you know he's dead or not. You you can pretty much, you know, that gives you your very dynamic close combats. But for firing, it's really just all simultaneous. And it's, I, we, you know, I've seen where some will put seven hits on a single guy to drop him. And, you know, that that's the price you pay to get, you know, to kill that one guy. No, I I like that system a lot. I mean, it, it because it does... It does eliminate a lot of the problems, like you say, with the all of my guys are getting to activate. And I know they're not all getting to activate, but you could, you know, theoretically they could if you rolled well. Yeah, it's happened. Um, now, I tell, and, every, I'll, every time no, I run a demo, I will always tell someone one of you will roll one when your first when your first activation, and it always <laughs> happens. But you, do, yeah, I mean, I can see that. I can see how that works in eliminating that problem of right. I've shot all of your men. Right, let's re-rack and start again. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, that, no, that's a, so, a cool thing. So, so is is shooting again? Is it a target number uh, using your yeah, range? Yeah, it's exactly. Stat? So, 
I, I, I like opposed. I like so basically, there's opposed rolls and stat rolls, which is against a stat or rolling against some of their player's stat. And um, I use opposed rolls for almost everything because I like to keep both players engaged at all times. If your okay. model is going to get taken off the table, I want you to have some some play in that. So you may, you know, at least I want you to roll some dice to see what happens. So like, you know, wounding, close combat, all that does. But when you're shooting, you know, if you're if you're going to be hit by a bullet, other than being in cover, there's not a lot you can do about it. So like making a dodge roll never really made sense for resolving just whether or not you were hit, not whether you wounded or not. But so I use that. That's just a straight stat roll, D10, plus your range stat. So, you know, there, there's, your basic stats are move, range, melee, strength, and and metal. And, you know, and, of course, wounds and defense. And that's kind of like, that's your core model. And, you know, every, you know, most, everyone's either fives or fours. You know, I was more worried about, you know, making everyone different with skills and weapons choices versus stats. So you'll see when you're looking at, like, across warbands, your rank and file guys, which are kind of like who you know, your everyman and the warbands are all their stats are almost pretty close. It's fours. You know, if you're if you're a hand to hand guy, you ha- you'll have a higher hand to hand stat and a lower range stat. But you know, it's, it's kind of balanced along those lines. Right. So okay, I guess you wanted to talk about warbands and how you know. Well, I was just thinking. I mean, that's you're sagging very nicely into <laughs> warbands. I mean. As, you know, as we talked about um, yesterday, I, uh, the other rule set that I have played, which is Across the Dead Earth, doesn't have the warband thing, and I, I see that as one of the, your big differentiators. Yes, is that you have and... you have this concept of of warbands, and so why don't you talk us through? Yeah, so why don't you talk us through those? You that was one of the challenges of coming up with the rule set was do I op- you know. Is it open? Do I is it open ended or do I give some kind of constraint? And I I think my Necromunda th- Mordheim thinking kind of kicked in a little more. And I I, 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 I so I arranged warbands along tropes. So I said you can the game is called I call it miniatures neutral, which means you can use any dang miniatures you want because they really they do work. It's post apocalypse. You can have dragons if you really want to. Yeah, it's just a big mutant lizard. Yeah, so, you know, this perfectly acceptable. So, you know, I have six warbands with plenty more on the way, and it's kind of like your caravanners, you know, people trudging, you know, your water merchants, your your arms dealers, you know, yep. your your classic raiders from Mad, you know, your Mad Max guys, your Fallout raiders, your brigands, and then, you know, then you have your preservers, which are your Brotherhood of Steel, Order of Lewis, scavengers, you know, trying to bring the relics back and protect them. Or forcefully taking it by necessary, if necessary. And then I have tribals, which are, you know, you're, 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 you're primitive by choice or by, you know, fate. Um, mutants, obviously. Um, huge warband. They have their own skill set. So, and I'm missing a fifth one. Peacekeepers. Peacekeepers. Yes, your 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 wasteland. Those are your wasteland rangers. The kind of you know your NCR rangers. Your yeah. You know the original wasteland three rangers. But they're you know they, they they I added a little bit of a mercenary component to them. But you don't have to do that in your own fluff. You can you know this is tropes. You know so yeah the peace yeah and I th- and yeah. I think that's I think I mean that's one of the the important things in I think with all of these these games is that 
what you're putting down on paper is really the starting point for someone else. I mean, it's, it's, this this is an idea. Please take it. What the direction that you want to take it in. And I'm surprised when people post, people are starting to post their, their, their war bands. And I'm just saying like that. I never thought of it. That's brilliant. You know, there's people just trolling through Reaper bones, throwing stuff on the, you know, people are like, I'm pulling things out of drawers. I'm excited because I get to use these miniatures for the first time. Yep. And, you know, what I really did, like the Mutants Warband, um, there, I don't think there's a miniature you can't actually pull out that you can't use for that Warband. <laughs> Other than, like, a huge mutant in power armor, I don't think that technically by the rules can work. But outside of that, almost anything goes. So, so let me segue into Warband creation. So Warbands have four components. Your leader, you can only get one of those. Now, most Warbands have a choice of two leaders. I, I like to consider one kind of good, one kind of evil, you know, kind of like, which do you want to go dark or do you want to go light? But it's also yeah. which one's, you know, one's more balanced and one, one goes maybe more ruthless or hand to hand. Like the Raiders have, um, the warlord, he's just a brutal guy. He's got a very high close combat and a very high strength where they, or, or the bandit King, which has you know, he has more average stats out. His shooting is better, for instance. And you could, you could just choose. And then sometimes those, cho- you know, that choice of leader effects, like there's um, Raiders have Brutes, which are your big guys hauling power tools or, you know, power fists-like weapons. Yeah. You, if you're playing a Warlord, you can have the, as many as you want. If you're playing a Bandit King, you can only have one. Because he's not going to have yeah, that much, you know, he doesn't want to have a lot of threats to his leadership. So he's not going to have too many big dudes in his, in his party. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, that's good. I like the um, the peacekeeper one. That's why I knew about them. Because I like the fact that you've got the road marshal, who is yep. effectively, you know, the kind, yep. I'll help you out, the Clint Eastwood riding in to help things out. And then you've got the hanging judge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, took, you took the bottle caps. Hang him! <laughs> or... I'm, you know, are they, sometimes they're little, they're like, we'll protect your settlement. Of course, if you don't pay us, we'll just be the, we're worse than the Raiders. But, you know, and, and then, and then for, then you have elites. You can have three of, they're not, you, you, but you can only have three. Um, they have better stats, obviously. They have, you know, when you buy, they come with either pre-assigned skills or you can choose your own skills for them. And they're pretty good. Um, yep. And then rank and files, which are what, by the rules, you have to have, I think, at least, I don't even, do you have to, I don't remember if you need to have them or not, but like you can, if you wanted to, I, I the rules were built, so if someone really wanted to take a preserver war, if they wanted to play the Brotherhood Steel, you could take a leader and, th- and three elites, all in power armor, and that would be your warband. How effective it would be, I couldn't tell you, but that's an option for people. And so you 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 know your ranker files you know average stats they don't really come with skills some do but most don't those are the guys that they they they'll experience they'll gain, they'll gain experience more quicker than the other guys so they'll start being you know individuals very quickly and then finally I have your specialists which have the same stats as rank and file but you know they're the guys carrying your heavy guns they have special abilities. They're a little more pricier, but not. And you can only have one of those for every three models in your warband. Because I really did, I didn't want to see, I want, you know, I wanted people to have heavy weapons, but I didn't want them to have a ton of heavy weapons or, you know, crazy amounts of elite guys. So, I mean, that's kind of the basic warband. And 
I give the starting um, number as so the, the 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 game the point system in the game is barter script, which is just shorthand for anything from anything from bottle caps to medical supplies. It's whatever you want to be, and four hundred points is where I've kind of landed at for a starting warband, and that gives you between six and eight guys with some weapons, and it's a really good starting point. And then it just from there, where you go is from happening playing campaigns. So, what's your favorite? Oh man! What do you what do you play personally? My first warband was Peacekeepers, and I well, so yeah, I I, I kind of would say Peacekeepers because I just love the Rangers. <laughs> 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 I like the because I didn't have a lot of relics ready to go in my own models, right? So you know, like I imagine those guys, you know, I, you know, grenade launchers and assault rifles and just basic rifles. That's where kind of where my heart was in the beginning. So yeah. I would say you, and we, hmm? oh, go on. I was going to say Sorry. mutants were probably my second. Just I just love rolling on tables. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, we, we you've sort of touched on the fact that there's a campaign system. Yes. Um, and I always think that these sorts of games live and die by their campaign systems. They're, they're fun for a you know one-off games, yeah. but you really get the full amount of enjoyment out of it when you're playing a campaign. Oh yeah. Um. And it sounds like from what you're saying that it's um, what's been described to me as a progression campaign. Yes. Rather than a um, a story-driven campaign. Yes. And now, you could do both, obviously, but the book doesn't... The book gives you the bones of the progression, which is... That, that's I'm going to borrow that phrase from now on. So, thank you for that. Yeah. Oh, no, I would... Because I, I was asking for a campaign system for... Um, it was for Malifaux, actually. Yes. Um, I was having a conversation with their lead designer, and I was saying, campaign system, campaign system. And he came back and he said, what's a campaign system? <laughs> is it is it the, the you know the classic Necromunda Mordheim type thing, which which he calls a progression, the progression system? Can I tell you a quick story? Or is it... Oh, yeah, go ahead. I was at the Nova Open, which is a... All right. Yes. I, I'm demoing there again, hopefully. And I was... Um, uh, one of my, oh, well, uh, one of, if you see if you see Matt Stanley, tell him I say hi. Now, who is that? He's one of the guys. He's he'll be he'll be involved in the Malifaux okay, stuff. I, I wonder if that's. Um, I I'm bad with names, so forgive me if we're talking about the same person. So we might we might be. So I was sitting there, and we were talking about you know we were talking about this very subject. It was me, my friend Jeremy Bernhard, who was in the playtester yeah. credits, and absolutely invaluable person for helping me with getting. The, the mechanics down and this other gentleman, he introduced me, who was running, helping with the Malifaux tournaments. And we were talking about this and he was talking about, you know, how would you do campaign in Malifaux? And I was giving him my ideas where, you know, you, in Malifaux, you can't add. No, you can't add, you know, you don't do skill. You know, I was like, well, you could do subtraction though. So take your characters, maybe remove some of their skills and then add them as they get better. You know, as you go in, you say, Oh, then why this ability? And he kind of liked that. And then the gentleman left, and, and and then Jeremy's like, you know, the, the once he's like, yeah, that, that's the guy literally writing the campaign system for Malifaux. Oh, if, oh, if it was the, if it was the, that was Justin, then Must, I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> he's like they were working on it at the time I was talking to him. <laughs> so I was like, oh well, I shouldn't have given him so many of my answers. <laughs> but so the campaign system for this is not a test. Segue back, so. Yeah. You know, it borrows heavily 
from Mordheim, you know, the GW, you know, you know, Rick Priestley, Andy Chambers, you know, yeah. those one, oh God, those gods of gaming as we call them. Um, that system that they developed for Necromunda is so elegant. I mean, for Necromunda and that I, I borrowed the bones of that a little bit where you have, you know, you have experience points, um, you roll on a table to see, you know, so at the end of the campaign, if you went out of action there, there's an injury table. There's kind of an outcome table to see what happens. You know, do you, do you, do you get a head wound? Do you, you know, that kind of stuff is all there. And then there's, you know, then you also gain experience just for playing a game. You get experience and, you know, there's a chart you roll on and your experience points increase, you know, increase by your level. So rank and file guys gain something every five experience points. You get two points just for playing a game. You know, just being in the game gives you two points. So rank and file on a good game can go up a level. And, you know, your your specialists go at six, um, elites at seven, leaders at eight. So they're much slower, but they are, you know, they already have their skills so that you obviously wouldn't be, you know, they, they don't learn new tricks as fast. So, you know, that, that's kind of how it works. And, you, you know, it, I try to keep it as simple as possible. You know, it's just, they have points, they've earned it, you know, at this level. And then, you know, not only can you get better skills, but you can also go up a level. So your rank and file, when he reaches a certain amount of points or he's run out of all stats he can get, he automatically kicks up to a specialist. So he counts at that point, he, you know, you've got this guy that's got the skills or abilities equivalent to a specialist at that point. So then he counts against your specialist allowance and, you know, your specialist can go to elite. So, you know, you, you keep having, you know, you have to make choices on how many things you can have. You know, you can only have three elites with the current rule set. I actually, um, I have, there are rules in the next book. So there's actually warband experience. Right. That affects how many relics you can take, how many elites you can have. Unfortunately, the book was about 250 pages before I started calling things. And obviously, I had to call a lot. And that yeah. there was a lot of fun stuff that I had to kind of pull off pull off the table for a second. But, you know, your, your warband really does change. You know, it just, it's, it's very organic. Where And, I, you know, uh, there's other games that I won't mention where I know that as you get, you know, you, as your guys get better, they become more expensive. Yeah. And kind of people complain about that. We're like, I went from 10 models to three. Right. And, you know, that's not really exciting. And, you know, that wasn't what I wanted to do. Right. And that was the campaign of that game system. And I'm like, you know, I, I didn't want that. You know, I, I, you know, they do get more expensive, but your warband just gets more expensive. But you're not you're not like reducing the amount of guys. So your warband say can go for every experience you get, for every rank you get, it adds five points to the model cost. Right. And so okay. where I'm going with this is, so you're all of a sudden you had a 400 war, point warband. You've been playing a couple games now you're 500, and you you're playing. But the you know the guy who challenged you has has, four, has a 400 point warband. And if you've ever played Necromunda or Mordheim, the chief complaint of the game system is, outside of Skaven and Slings <laughs> from Mordheim, is I the, 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 your warbands just get, get so powerful, you have yes. to retire them. Yes, it's, it's just, it's so the, you can see the same in Blood Bowl as well. Is it's, it's ridiculous. And I thought, what can I do to help that? Because, you know, you, the Necromunda thing was, okay, well, if you do stuff, you can get more experience. Yep. 
And that that is an answer. But to me, that wasn't a filling answer. So in the back of the book, there are what to do in the case of you know, disparate point costs. Yeah. And there's a whole list of things that I just add so much fun to it. Everything from getting re-rolls to attacking at night, um, catching, forcing, if you're like a hundred point difference, you can buy, you can force your opponent to pull three models off the table. They come, they yeah. only come in on the fourth turn. If you do it, it's, 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 it's a tiered thing. So 25 point, 50 point difference, you pull one, 75 two. At a hundred point difference, you pull a three, one of which must be elite. Or there is the classic, um, you get twice as much experience, you know, if you really want to risk it and you guys get they're, they're motivated. So the morale gets higher. There's all kinds of fun stuff built into the system to kind of compensate for that. And, you know, so that, that, that was one of the most important things is I get that right. And I, I we played it a few times. We played it more than enough and I'm pretty happy with the results it gives you. Cool. cool. Um, how brutal is it? I'm sorry. When you, when you, when you, when you, one of the, well, one of the things with um, a lot of campaign systems is that when you're, you, if your gang is on the end of a beating, and you go to make their recovery rolls, then how brutal? How brutal? Is yeah, it? they die a lot. <laughs> so that's one of the that, that in the beginning, very brutal. <laughs> Until I would say April, <laughs> it was pretty brutal. There's a there's a battle report on my website you can go and I I did the injuries and it was it, you know if you go out of action so there there's an outcome table and yeah. it's one through ten you know I want to say I, I I actually lessened the results right before we launched so it wasn't as brutal so I want right. to say five through ten you're fine okay which is a pretty good recovery rate yeah no fifty percent survival that's not too bad and, no sixty percent survival if it's five through ten isn't it. Yeah, and so then yeah. it's then then you know anything below you roll on the injury table, and only on a one do you die. Oh, that's right then. And you know that's for well, I think actually rank and files die on a one or two, and it's specialists okay. and those who don't. Well, you know if you look at Necromunda. Oh yeah, no, Fortnite, no, 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 no. They no. they did the same thing, you know. It, it and on the one hand. There are babies, and we put a lot of story to them. But then again, it's also the wasteland. That no, that that's true. And you know, I, it's okay. You know, it's okay if a fifty-point model dies. You know, because you know, you, I, I, let me tie this back into the campaign system. I feel that the income in the campaign system is pretty generous. So it, that that compensates for losing models. You just buy, you know, buy, you know. When your rank and file dies, he's not that powerful, you know. You may lose yeah. a pretty cheap weapon, but you know. So the and so I'm pretty happy. So in, whenever you're playing a game, you know the, you'll always get income whether you win or lose. It's tiered so the winner gets more, obviously, but even yep. the loser gets a pretty good deal. So you like I, I think when we were doing a game, you got between fifty and a hundred barter script per game. Now, obviously, that's probably replacing 30 to 40 barter scripts worth of things. But that's enough to buy either a new guy or to buy a grenade launcher or maybe get some cool relics in or something like that. Yeah. So, you know, that that it, it's it's one of those – it's a balancing act. 
you know, you want you, you want to encourage people to hide, hug cover so they don't die, but you want to encourage them that you know it's risk versus reward. Yeah, and I think gonna, I, we, some shooting. I think playtesting has done a pretty good job of giving us that point. And you know, we can always adjust things in future editions. So you know, it's yeah. not nothing set in stone. Cool. So do you see it as a living rule book then, as at the moment? I do. Well, yes and no. So <laughs> this is how I explain this. It's expensive to make changes to a PDF all the time. So it's not it's not like the Necromunda Living Rulebook where people can go in and we, we change it on we change it on the go with yeah. community consensus. So in that sense the rule book is what it is. Um, I may do updates to fix errata, things like that, or if something's very egregiously broken that only comes out through thousands of people playing games, I will consider right. that. But what I do want to do is called and we're not really called, it's just alternative play styles. And I have people, you know, at the the convention games, they're like, well, what if you did X, Y, and Z? Well, I said, well, this is why I didn't originally do X, Y, and Z, but you can always do X, Y, and Z. And, you know, you can always, you know, telling people to house rule is an answer, but I was like, eh, it doesn't have the same weight. So what I'm I'm going to do is I'm going to... Well, I'm going to stop you. I'm going to actually stop you, Jay. Okay, sorry. Because, no, 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 no! You don't need to be sorry because we've talked for over half an hour about the game, and we've still got more to talk about. I mean, we didn't even touch on the fact that there are so many critters in the book that you can have, <laughs> which is one of the things I really love about it. Um, so I'm going to stop you there. Okay, we'll come back for the next episode and talk about the future and where you see the game going, and also talk about, you know, you said you might do a Kickstarter, so we'll talk about that. Oh yeah, well. yeah. Cool. So, um, until next time, I've been Mike. I'm Joey. (laughs) Bye-bye. Fools Daily is proud to be helping out with WAC 2015, a great charity drive in support of Macmillan Nurses. Check out the Just Giving page at www.justgiving.com slash WAC 2015 or search for WAC on Twitter.